0: Review and Renew, the Jersey Business Podcast. Welcome to Review and Renew, a series of podcasts brought to you by Jersey Business in association with Channel 103. We're talking about how we can do business better, how we can achieve our goals, and of course topical at the moment, make our businesses more resilient. In each episode, we focus on one aspect of business today, delving into the expertise of our invited guests. Today we're going to be talking about how to build a successful startup, something many of us may be doing at the moment, or of course dreaming of in the future. And I'm delighted to be joined by Tim Bullock and Nick Steele. Tim is the managing director of Channel Eye Media, a new kid on the block of digital news and information services in the Channel Islands. He's also a trustee of Digital Jersey, so has plenty of experience of startups in the tech sector. And to top that, he's also a former board member of Young Enterprise and a former chair of the Chartered Institute for IT. Nick Steele is a member of the senior management team at Jersey Business, where he leads the business advisory team. Nick's no stranger to the world of commerce, having been MD of Marks & Spencer and Business Development Director at Sandpiper CI. With over 30 years' experience in the retail sector, he's been responsible for bringing several national brands to the island, as well as developing trade with Europe. Welcome to both of you. Tim, before we get into the world of startups, I want to ask you a question about young people and your experience of working with them on Young Enterprise. These are our budding entrepreneurs. Do you think they get the support that they need to take their ideas forward?
1: We've got a couple of good schemes for youngsters. So we've got Young Enterprise and then we've also got the Barclays scheme. Barclays scheme runs for a shorter time period and the Young Enterprise scheme runs for something like five months. And both of those are fantastic opportunities for youngsters. It gives them a whole breadth of starting a business, running it, and actually closing it down at the end of it. And we see some really inspirational youngsters coming out of that scheme. What we don't see, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but we don't see it, is that when those youngsters then leave school, I'm not sure what their career options are. I feel it's probably uh, go to uni, get sucked into finance or something else. I don't think there's an option there to encourage entrepreneurship. Not only are they not encouraged, I'm not sure how they would be supported. We have some really bright youngsters, and I've seen them firsthand working with a uh, Young Enterprise. But we need to nurture that and make sure that when they're ready to leave education, that they have that guidance and support they need.
2: I agree with Tim totally. I think we have some really highly talented young people here, but they do default to either university or once university ends, coming back and working in the financial and legal services. Maybe there's not enough infrastructure out there that allows them to take a different route and maybe even to pilot that different route whilst they're still doing a job in finance, legal, etc. Jersey business really sees few and far between of people from, say, 16 to 22 who are Budding young entrepreneurs that are willing to take on and start up a business. And that's a shame.
0: For many people, starting a new business, um, it may just be founded on a great idea, but not much else. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a cocktail of enthusiasm and entrepreneurial spirit, but it's going to take a bit more than that, isn't it? How do you go about creating the right framework for starting your own business?
1: We had lots of ideas about wanting to do something regarding publishing for the Channel Islands. We wanted to do something that was different, and we had been talking about this for six months, maybe twelve months. Then we actually had an opportunity because some publications that were born in Guernsey called the Eyes were for sale. I say the Eyes, so as the business Eye, travel Eye, wedding Eye, and legal Eye. We went through the due diligence process, looking at those, and our choice was to either acquire those and then relaunch or whether we started from fresh?
2: I think in any business looking to start up really has to have a, a great idea. But actually, for the people that are looking to do that, they have to love doing that idea. When you look to work on your own or start up your own business, you may typically think, what are the rewards? And most people think money. But actually, as a startup business, it'll be about actually a passion for what you're going to do. And then as that evolves, you maybe tested it either friends and families it can be a priority it can be a service you kind of need to understand what the next steps are and what is it going to be feasible is it something i can bring to market or is it something actually to get a feel for how it will work i'll do this in my part-time so as a young person or as anybody starting up they may have already have a job but actually they'll run this parallel for a period of time until they know they can have the chance of success and then once you get beyond that you're really starting to say i've got something that could be uh, i've done some market research Is it something that there's a gap in the market for? Is it something that's on trend? And then actually you do a fair amount of consumer testing as well, particularly when it's something you're going to food item, for example. And once you start to get a feeling that this is all starting to tie up, you really need to do your financial plan. It's something some people try to kind of avoid because they're uncomfortable with putting numbers together. Mostly when people start up, they have a good, strong technical skill and therefore they know how to be a a digital expert, for example, what they can't always have and don't always have is actually the expertise to put a financial plan together. And therefore, sometimes they shy away from that. But really at Jersey Business, we would say very strongly, you really need to work up either your cash flow and your financial plans over three years in a detailed way. Because you've got to know how much you're going to have to save to get that business underway, how much you might need to borrow. You may have to enter into a lease agreement and can that business afford it. And typically, year one will be probably loss making because you've got startup costs. Year two, you aspire to break even. And year three, you want to move into a profit. So there's a lot of work that goes into that stuff before you get into any of the formalities. There will be people along the way that you have to speak to. You may want to open a business bank account. Banks these days will certainly want to see a financial plan and a written plan. So there's a lot of pre-work that has to be done well to mitigate the risk that ultimately you'll be taking. You, know, you could well be looking to give up your job at some stage. So there, there are many things to do with the finances, which you really have to work up.
0: Tim, you're what might be called a serial entrepreneur. When you're starting a new venture, and we were talking about Channel I Media and you had the idea for about six months to 12 months, how much of it is planning and how much of it is just rolling up your sleeves and getting on with it?
1: Actually, we did quite a bit of planning, but you can plan for ages and ages and then you have reality. Actually, we didn't spend too long planning or studying our navel, so to speak. I mentioned the acquisition, so we did that in June and then we spent the next three months deciding what we wanted the platform to look like and building the platform and testing it. We rolled out the testing to more and more trusted people and then we launched in September. So, yes, we did planning, but we didn't spend a long time on it. But the most important thing is to be prepared to roll up your shirt sleeves, so to speak. And actually, that for me, that is the most interesting thing you get to do. That's far better than being cooped up in corporate land.
0: This is the Review and Renew podcast from Jersey Business. Would you say there's a perfect time to start a business?
1: I would say that there's a time when it's not so good, and that's probably when traditionally you've probably got a mortgage and you've probably got young children. Whereas when you leave education, most people don't have any debts, maybe university fees, but when you come out of school, you don't have debts. And also... Many people, when the children are grown up, one has less debts. Those are probably the better times to start a business.
2: I would kind of add to that in the sense that we saw, you know, from the financial crisis a decade ago when a lot of people lost their jobs, that was a stimulus for people looking to start up on their own. And during COVID, in this, it was virtually a year now, we're seeing an interesting amount of people that are looking to start up new businesses still during the COVID period. They haven't been put out of work, but they actually just wanted to do things differently. So I don't think there's any kind of in the good times when people are full employment are less people likely to look for to do this possibly when there's difficult times maybe they look to go and do things themselves maybe on the back of redundancy pay that we saw 10 years ago i think depending on what you're looking to launch you typically wouldn't want to start a business in january or february or march you know whatever it is certainly at a product business you tend to want to start around a seasonality so something maybe at the start of summer something at the start of autumn and for a service Not too December, but certainly probably after a March. So planning comes into all that. Are you ready to go for the right time of the year? If you're looking to pick up Christmas trade because you're doing something that could sell in the latter end of the year, you're not going to open up in mid-December. The other aspect, Nick, is that if you're launching a business to
1: service maybe a gap in the market or a new technology, then sometimes you've just got to do it because you might miss that opportunity. I was working with a new company, a technology company. It's a great time for them because they're going into a real niche in the technology market. If they didn't move quickly, someone's going to step in and fill that gap. That's an interesting
0: point because that's another consideration, isn't it? If your idea is unique, or as you say, going into a niche... There are certain legal protections you probably need to be thinking about, like patents and trademarks and those sort of things.
2: I'd agree with Tim in terms of you you have to be opportunist at the time. So as much as there can be the right time to open, there also can be a moment where you can't let go. And, And the same applies sometimes when you're looking to acquire a lease on a property. I think there's a bit, there's a balance to the two. A lot of the digital people, for example, the, there's a lot, a lot of people are working at home. They don't need an office. They can start up whatever they want. But saying that, if you're doing e-com, you have to open up well early before the peak times of the year and also be able to get your brand messages out and your digital marketing, et cetera. There's a kind of horses for crosses. It depends totally what you're really looking to sell.
1: When you're launching, you need to understand what your USP is. What makes you different to other people? Because there probably is somebody doing out there doing what you're doing or something very similar to it at the moment? And what is it that is going to make you succeed? What makes you stand out from the competition? And I think it's really important to understand what one's USP is and not to forget that either. We've got some and we keep reminding ourselves what makes us different so that we don't lose track.
2: Desktop research is good, but also sometimes if you're looking at products, you've got to go and visit markets. I've seen probably about half a dozen new businesses businesses have opened up the last two or three years from Jersey, where people have gone and lived in various parts of the world for a certain part of their time, possibly not even thinking they would come back to Jersey and open up a business. And what they've done is they've taken inspiration from wherever they've been, whether it's New Zealand, whether it's Australia, America, London, and actually then blended it with the best of Jersey. They're doing really well. So I think there's nothing wrong with good desktop research and actually visiting other areas of the world to kind of bring your ideas back to life in Jersey.
1: And a great example of that is some of the coffee shops we've got now, which I think you're probably alluding to, where they've, yeah. where they've gone out and lived for yeah. years there and they've brought back some amazing coffee.
0: At Jersey Business, you must have almost panoramic vision of the sort of businesses that are starting up, not just during the pandemic, but generally. Is it a very broad range of businesses or are we very
2: produce focused here, very digital focused? What, what's happening It's still, relatively for us, quite narrow. I think it it really is hospitality and retail. We do see a little bit more now from the rural economy. We are seeing some digital, but we're not seeing enough digital yet. So a lot of hospitality, a lot of people think they can kind of open up cafes or restaurants. Unless you're bringing the right product to market, you can really, really struggle. The ones that I know are probably succeeding best offer amazing customer service. I think one of the things I I often see, and I, I try to remind people, is always think of the customer. Whatever you're trying to produce, whatever you're trying to provide as a service, put yourself on the other end as a recipient. And is this truly an amazing experience, whether you're going to eat something, drink something or use a service of? In Jersey, we have an endless appetite for having more cafes and restaurants open, but only the very best will survive. And we are seeing some great innovation across some of those. And I suppose what I would add to that now is in the last year, you, know, you really need to be digitally savvy with your business contactless payments you're know, actually paying with cash now is very rare and e ecom in terms of takeouts etc and how that operates from in terms of managing your inventory etc how you work from an account system in terms of how you you know manage you know how you're working with your cash flows etc are really really important Tim
0: I know when you started channel Eye media you had a team of people that were working on that idea so, and some very skilled people obviously equally passionate about the idea as you were but But that's not always the case, is it? Sometimes you're starting your business and and you're on your own and it can feel quite lonely at times on that sort of first steps of the journey. What sort of people can you or should you surround yourself with to bounce ideas off, to
1: get support? I didn't surround myself with friends and family because what you need is honest feedback. And if you're doing something wrong, you really want to know about it. So the team, we all tell each other if we disagree with something or if we get something wrong. If we get something wrong, we do get things wrong. But actually, it doesn't matter because we learn from it. And that's the most important thing. We get feedback probably every day. I'll get an email from somebody. Most of them are really complimentary. But the ones I actually like are where they question us or why are you doing this? Because that stops me to think, and then we'll go back and we'll question whether we should be changing or doing something differently.
0: And Nick, you are that man who's giving that honest feedback from an external point of view. Do people
2: listen? They do. In fact, only yesterday we had a wonderful uh, email back from a, a person that's had a difficult time during the COVID period. And it's kind of soft love. And actually, you know, you have to give that. We have to be honest with it, where we think people need to make changes. And this person was uncomfortable with that change, but actually listened. Now it's the things a little bit calmer and that transaction that he made to help his business. He's come back and said, thank you, Jersey business. That was really, really helpful because you were the rare person that would actually be honest and tell me what I needed to really do. And I think it goes back to the point with what Tim was saying about family and friends. You kind of love them and they love you. And actually they always want to be uh, nice to you. And therefore it's difficult to give honest appraisal. We do that with people. It's a lonely place being a business leader. I would encourage people to have an NED of some type. We've helped with this over the last couple of years and it's been successful. You've got to have the right NED. And I'm not talking about here paying good sums of money. It can be a couple of meals a year. And there's some amazing people that can provide that kind of feedback in Jersey. I can think of three or four businesses now where each of them have had that kind of mentoring stroke NED support. And I would, okay, maybe not right for Tim's business, but certainly for many others, it's been really beneficial. There are people out there who have got genuine, good commercial experience that would love to be able to help people from time to time. And we've got another client that we're working with at the moment to find them someone that would be suitable for their business. No investment, no pay. In fact, in their particular case, their business can offer uh, the right person some of the, the product they have over a year. And I think that could work well. And people who have that kind of right commercial experience are usually freely, happily to pass it on. So I think you can do it within. As Tim does, but certainly I, I would advise everybody to have, if they can, a NED or mentor, as well as a Jersey business. We're there and we do a lot of this on a very ongoing basis.
1: From the other side of that, because separately to Channel I, I am a business mentor for Digital Jersey Mentorship Scheme, and do you know I really enjoy that because it is, in particular, the one I'm thinking of. is nothing like Channel I. It's nothing like anything I've done before, but that gives me quite an objective view. We have really interesting chats about the business and the progress and the steering of it and the financing and that. So as a mentor, I get a lot of satisfaction from it. Helping keep
0: businesses working. This is Review and Renew, the podcast series from Jersey Business. When things get tough, because inevitably they will with any startup, there will be periods where you're probably sitting there thinking, why on earth did I start this? Where do you get the inner resources, the inspiration to charge on through it and get through it and and get to the next enjoyable
1: bit. We launched in September and I would say that the period leading up to Christmas was very tough. Not talking about financially, it was just very tough. It was long hours for all of the team because we were making a lot of changes as well. We introduced video onto the platform. We had new clients, as in advertisers. We had new contributors. And that just generates a lot of work. You're working flat out, and you think the rest of the world is making merry getting ready for Christmas and getting jolly. But, I mean, that's just the view that you have. So I would say that for me, the period leading up to Christmas was very tough. How did I get over it? I just knuckled down. I played music that was far too loud just to help me concentrate. As a team, we had regular calls, video calls, because we're all were spread between Jersey, Guernsey, France and Portugal. We have to keep in touch. So Teams, Messenger, WhatsApp, all of them, because everyone has their preference. But I have to say, it's coming into the new year, things have really picked up very quickly. I'm like a different person now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked quite a bit about planning
0: and how you must have a plan, but the business plan that you start out with may actually not be worth the paper it's printed on once you get six months in, a year in, because everything changes. How wedded should you be to your plan or how
2: flexible should you be? You have to be totally flexible. It's your plan. And uh you need to make those various adjustments as you go through. I would like to think you'd want to keep to your annual plan. But even then, you have to take turnings here and there. And it's your business. And as long as you can afford to do that and you, you know, if you are having to pay sums back to the bank or whatever. And, you know, you've done your cash flow forecast based on your kind of revised move. But actually, no, don't be entrenched. Don't stick with it if it doesn't work. Also, though, give it enough time to work. It wasn't that many years ago. We used to talk about five-year plans. Actually, in today's, you know, then we kind of moved it into three. And really, at the moment, it feels like it should be every three months at the moment. I think a, a certainly robust annual plan. And all too often, I think people... Put together a plan because maybe the bank wants sort of Jersey business thinks it's a really you know it's the right thing for people to do, and then they don't go and write a second one or a third one. They need to kind of have something and hold themselves to account. And I always say to people that they should be reviewing their performance on a monthly basis. They should even in their own diaries put it's a period end where they sit down on their own or with a, a, a fellow director or colleague and just review what happened in the last month and actually what actions are they going to take for the next month. Uh, and I think that's a good discipline to have. There's no silver bullet here. When you start up, it can be tough. But I'm thinking two businesses now. They're in their sixth and seventh year, and it's just happening for them. It's been really, really difficult. And you have to really believe in your product or your service that you're going to deliver. And you need some luck, and you never need to be able to give up. You've got to maintain that confidence. So when you will have low moments, and you do need someone to kind of pick you up. But you've got to keep on believing in what you're doing. And I'm so happy that I'm seeing two businesses that I probably, you know, Jersey Jersey Business is eight years old. So they're kind of six and a half years old and they probably could have easily folded. And here they are, and I've seen some of the numbers for one of them in particular, and they look fantastic. They were probably ahead of their time at the time when they started their business. And most people probably didn't believe in them. But I think the one thing that we do when you get our buy-in at Jersey Business, we stick with you and we try to give you every bit of help we can. We can't make you stay forever. But actually, we're there as a kind of uh, outlet for them just to kind of make sure that if they are going astray or they're having a low day or whatever, that we can try and pick them up. But mostly it's down to them and mostly it does take more than three years. The ones I probably see do a little bit quicker are usually in hospitality because if I open a cafe today and I do the right, the food's good and the pricing's okay and I'm in the right place, I start taking money fairly quickly. But some of the others, it's a bit of a slow burn, and they can't just make it happen. Uh, and sometimes, particularly when you're doing things outside of Jersey, that can be really tricky as well. And some of the, the the startups need to have the ambition to do things out of Jersey, but actually that's kind of not always easily done quickly.
0: I've read a number of biographies and autobiographies of quite well-known entrepreneurs who claim that you need to fail at least once or perhaps twice before you can be successful. How How true do you think that is?
1: I don't think you have to fail, but I think the important thing is that if you do fail or get something wrong, that you learn from it and you bounce back up. It's also that society shouldn't judge you a failure because you've had the guts to, to have a go. And actually, it takes a lot of guts to start up a, a business, to put yourself out there not to mention the financial outlay, so and that should be that should be applauded, and not every business is going to be successful. So I i think we should be more supportive.
2: It's very brave to move from paid employment, where you get paid on the same day each month, to all of a sudden not knowing this month if I'm going to get any money or income, you know, whatever to come through. I think they're very brave, and they're very ambitious, they're enthusiastic, they're in love with what they're doing. And hopefully most of the time the passion will help them. They have to mitigate that though by good planning. If you don't know what you're heading into, that will take you down very quickly. It may not be the product or service that's anything wrong with, but actually your financial planning was inadequate. We always are mindful that people, we don't want them to blow inheritances. We don't want to put their house online. We don't want them to borrow money or family or friends. So we're kind of wanting to make sure that they do mitigate the risk by good financial planning and they need to interrogate all their costs as much as they can. And I think there's more work that people can do into that planning process. It's not for every area. It's certainly more for the ones who would have a product to sell and whether they're selling via an e-commerce approach or whether they're selling for a bricks and mortar. It's not much difference there. What I would say for, for many of them is they need to make sure they have a good bookkeeper. If they're not good with numbers, they have a bookkeeper that they kind of have confidence and trust in that can do a good job and to have monthly understandings of how the business is performing. All too often, we speak to people and say, well, oh, how is it going? Uh, particularly when they've done all the right things all the way through to opening and they can kind of then get into their mobile phone and they say, oh, my bank balance at the end of the month was okay. Well, actually, that's not the way to run a business. And it's also not good when they don't know what's happening and they'll say, oh, well, my my accountant hasn't told me. But actually, it's their business and they should really know as much about their business as anybody else, let alone their accountants.
0: So Jersey Business has a six-point plan to help people get through this
2: minefield of starting up a business. Tell me what that six-point plan is. The headings are the idea, the feasibility, followed by the planning, followed by formalities, launch, and support. It's all very sequential for a reason, and it's tried and tested everywhere. What I would say is all too often, people want to do a bit of a pick and mix on it and say, well, I'll start at number three because I actually like that bit. Or often, actually, one of the things we see is they, they try to start with the formalities. And as much as we kind of say this red tape and whatever... Broadly speaking, actually setting up a business in Jersey is kind of not too bad. It's not too difficult. It happens pretty quickly. I think it's going to get better. There's some more online stuff coming down the line, literally, which will help people get through those formalities relatively easily. But really, in many cases, they're the last things to be done. All the modeling that you need to do are really important and get those done. So the idea, the market research really, really is important. Who else is in the market that's competing against you? If you're picking up on a trend, will that trend work in Jersey? Some of the things I often do still is kind of looking what's happening in London. London is a is it like for me, a country within a country. What's happening in New York, San Francisco? Take inspiration. It can be some beach cafe somewhere in California that's opening, but always be looking around the world for things that are maybe a potential opportunity for someone to kind of blend it with the Jerseyness. I think the early days are, what's the idea? How do you kind of plan it, the feasibility of that? I tend to talk about food products, but actually you need to do panel tastings. People need to know and feedback to you, not your family, not your friends, kitchen samples that you can start to produce in a maybe a semi-commercial way and get true feedback on whether that's going to be the right thing for people to buy. What is the branding? Everybody has a business name. Is it the right name? Is it the right font? How does your digital marketing There's There's so many different things which they need to do before we get to the end of that that six-point plan. So we would certainly encourage everybody to look at our website, to speak to Jersey Business, but be prepared to stick to the plan. If you go through it, there's a pretty good chance that it'll put you in good shape to start your business.
1: I discovered the, I sound like an advert now for Jersey Business, but I discovered the Jersey Business six-point plan. I stumbled across it, to be honest. Young enterprise we used to meet in in Jersey business offices, and whilst I was waiting in reception one night, the um, I just picked up your brochure. Thought, oh, this is interesting. Went on the website, and so we've we've um, we've had support from Jersey Business. channelized had support from Jersey Business in a passive way, I would say, because we've used the resources that Jersey Business has, not necessarily with Nick holding our hands. But there's some really good resources on there. And sometimes it can be very tempting to, if you want to start a business, just to jump in and get on with it, so to speak. But as Nick says, if you do go through the startup plan, um, it really makes you think about whether it is feasible Mm -hmm. and, uh, and do some analysis and market research, as we did before we launched. It was well worth a look.
2: Market research doesn't, you know, it sounds like it's all complicated and it's going to cost a lot of money. You know, these things don't have to. They can work with the budget you've got. But to do nothing is, I don't think, is the kind of right thing. Our website, not everybody maybe wants to come into Jersey business. Not everybody maybe wants to make contact with it. But the website is a great opportunity to learn loads about what you should be prepared to look at doing. And then, of course, we're there to help. We are eight years old just about now. And we've probably seen most of the different types of business that look to open in Jersey. And, and therefore, we've got a fairly broad experience across the team about to help you as an individual or, or a, a number of people with what they can do. In fact, I'm just thinking now one example. I won't name them again, but three ladies at Sepa Hair Salon, literally eight years ago, I'm going back to when we started, uh, could cut hair, great technical skills, had no idea about how they would run a business. And literally, we didn't have the 6 step point plan at the time, but we did work through the equivalent of that time. And here they are eight years' time thriving. So I, I do know that if you do kind of stick to that sort of formality of going through a programme like that, uh, there's a real chance that you could have success. You're listening to the Jersey Business Podcast. Review and renew. For more business help and advice,
0: go to jerseybusiness.je. So Tim, it sounds to me as though there was an admission in there that you're one of uh, Nick's cherry pickers, that you, you picked bits of the plan. But actually, there's no time frame is there for the six point plan? It could be, it could be as short as a month. It could be as long as a year. You launched Channel I actually quite quickly. Um, is is there in your view a, any sort of time constraint between idea and launch? Or so
1: long as you follow the steps, you can get there in your own time I'm not saying this just because Nick's within kicking distance but I wouldn't say that we cherry picked we condensed it definitely because as to the period between like inception or the the idea and when you launch I think that's completely dependent on the type of business Nick mentioned about effectively retailing If you've got an idea about that you're going to buy in widgets and sell and sell on widgets and and set up a shop or something, that's going to take a lot longer because you've got the property, you've got the suppliers, you you want to do the research into whether those widgets are going to be suitable. Whereas if you're setting up, for example, a consultancy, you could just start it, and in fact people do just start that type of business. For Channel I, we we moved quickly because we had done the acquisition of the what were the eyes, and we kept them running until we relaunched. Our starting point was actually a semi-established business with subscribers and followers. We wanted to build on that momentum, so we knew we had to act quickly, so we had approximately three months and we set our launch date in September. And a good, actually, a good example of, of changing the plans, Nick, was that we were all excited. We're going to, in fact, we were going to launch at the end of August. And then someone pointed out, even though it's COVID, it's school holidays. And actually, many of our subscribers are business people. So when we looked at the number of people, the out of office messages we were getting at that period from our newsletter subscribers, we quickly realised actually that. So we launched a week after the schools had gone back, which was a great decision because our audience were all sat at their desks or ready to work when the first newsletter came in.
2: I completely agree. We would always, always encourage you never to open August. Uh, Jersey shuts in August. And just really to add to what you were saying... In terms of businesses, there's been lots of new startups during the last 12 months, not in a way that Tim started up his business. There was something already established, but they had to change the direction of their business because of COVID, they would fail. And I think probably in the food service sector and in the hospitality sector in general, many, many businesses here literally had their own startup on their hands during that year and have flourished because of it. And actually... I suspect when things start to move to become a new normal, as we often say now, they will still maintain that new business, something they probably would never have considered doing if COVID had not happened. I think that's brilliant that we've shown that entrepreneurial spirit across the island in such a way.
1: We are starting a series on local entrepreneurs and we're doing a feature on a startup or entrepreneur each week. And it's really interesting, the complete broad spectrum. I mean, it's not just food businesses, it's retail businesses that have started up that I had never heard of. I sometimes wonder, how does this small island accommodate them all? But it's amazing. We're rich in entrepreneurs in this island.
0: Tim Bullock and Nick Steele, thank you for spending time talking about starting your own business. For all those who are thinking of taking the leap, I hope you found this as interesting and helpful as I have. If you'd like more information and advice on starting and running your own business, there is a huge library of resources and a lot more detail on this subject on the Jersey Business website, jerseybusiness.je. And you can listen to other podcasts in this series there or through the Channel 103 website, channel103.com. Until the next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. To listen to more from the review and renew series of podcasts, visit jerseybusiness.je.